Summer is almost here and things are heating up, which means funky smells and lots of flies. First Saturday Lime is our go-to natural organic pest control tool. First Saturday Lime has the ability to dry out insects, eggs, and larvae, which means less flies. Yay! Yay! And it is effective as a treatment for infestation, as well as preventing those little buggers from infiltrating your coops and barns in the first place. You can get Lime shipped to your door monthly with First Saturday Lime subscription for $23.99 a month and free shipping. So go to FirstSaturdayLime.com to get signed up. Sam? Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking this week? I just opened, well, I'm pouring it, so now I can't read the, the can. <laughs> <laughs> but it's from High Wire Brewing. I know that much. And it is an orange meringue goza with Ooh. blood oranges, tangerines, orange peel, pink Himalayan salt, coriander, and vanilla. And it is delicious. That sounds super refreshing. Yeah, I love High Wire because I love their can art. Uh, this one has a naked lady with her arms across her chest, and <laughs> she has uh, tattoos uh, like all over, and it's just like super cool, super cool tattoos. <laughs> nice. So, what are you drinking over there today? I am drinking a Samuel Adams Summer Ale, which is a citrus wheat ale. I just find that the Sam Adams Summer Variety Pack is just really good, easy drinking when you're outside. Because sometimes the craft beers, depending on what it is when you're outside working, can be a little heavy. Yeah. So I like to bust out some of the more mainstream beers in the summer. <laughs> well, I think uh, Sam Adams is technically one of the like oldest, like, craft breweries Mm -hmm. they're not um you know they're not like what you would normally picture as a craft brewery um but because of like the types of ingredients that they use and uh the neat flavors that they make i think that they are considered craft but you're right i know what you're talking about with like their summer flavors they're usually light and refreshing they don't end up being like overbearing it's like bougie light (laughs) Yes, bougie light. Someone make a beer and name it that, please. Please. And if it already exists, send it to us. <laughs> and welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. From hobby farmers to large-scale real deal farmers. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and the new knowledge we gained, so hopefully you don't feel so alone in this farm thing. And sometimes we go off on non-farming related tangents or make mistakes or really loud cars drive by Sam, so we have to cut that stuff (laughs) and put it up on the Patreon. (laughs) And this episode's outtakes are exclusively for our Patreon peeps, so go to patreon.com slash drinkandfarm. We have all kinds of fun things up there. And you can support the podcast at $2 a month 
and get access to all that fun content. And our drink peep this episode is our friend Katie, which is over at Sticky Holler Farm on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. All right. We decided it would be fun to kind of give you guys an update on some of the summer projects that we're working on. Uh, You know, COVID-19 has us spending even more time at home than maybe we would originally, which would have already probably been a lot. So it gave us (laughs) some headspace to create some new projects. So we want to update you guys. So Bev, why don't you start us off with one of your project updates? So uh, I'm actually going to start off with, so it's not like just a project per se. It's more like a mindset shift that I've made, Mm. like while I've been working on things around here. So I've come to realize that this year and all of the things that I've chosen to work on and put my energy towards have all been really like, foundational things if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. so uh this is our fourth summer here so really i probably should have like set a better foundation years ago but a i didn't really know what that foundation should look like (laughs) if that makes sense like you kind of have to get in and like yeah do it before you know like what you're gonna do with it like yeah it's really hard to plan until you actually get there Uh, But also, some of the work that we did do our first year is just coming to fruition, like, three years later. So Mm -hmm. getting to, like, capitalize on that at this moment while I'm setting the foundations for other things have just kind of made me realize, you know what? This year, I'm going to, like, take a step back and not freak out about how much I harvest or don't harvest or... Uh, you know, how much gets done and doesn't get done, I'm going to really try to like focus my energy on the things that I know will pay off in the long run years from now. Because like, yeah, I can plant 70 tomato plants, but like that doesn't do me any good in the future. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? It just expends a lot of energy right now. (laughs) Uh 70 tomato plants is really impressive, but... (laughs) But that's more like where my head space is. <laughs> yeah. If you know what you're going to do with those 70 plants, too, that makes a big difference. So, <laughs> yeah. Proper planning can be hard. Yeah, it can be. And, like, I've uh, – um, so what I've started doing is I've been using – I use a panda planner. I was one of their uh, Kickstarter backers. Uh, so I have, like, a different kind of planner than anybody else has access to, and it's called, like, the Panda Planner Quarterly. So I've actually been writing down – everything that comes into my head that I want to do and every week I just continually carry over that list uh so that I can keep track of like what I'm adding to it and what I'm actually getting done or I can like cross things off and be like you know what that project is not worth my energy right now (laughs) so like let's give up on this but like even things like you know like getting a pool for the ducks like had to go on this list or else it was never going to get done (laughs) that is fair So I guess my first project was just kind of like figuring out how to project this year. (laughs) You know, and I think there's something to be said about mind shift changes. And I would call that its own project because 
any kind of shift in thinking, no matter what the topic is, takes a considerable amount of energy and strategic thought. So I think that can totally be its own project. Well, and I was figuring out, too, that one of the things I was doing without, like, having organized myself and, like, gotten into, like, the mode of really, like, you know, keeping track of, like, what I actually do or get done, mm-hmm. I wasn't really finishing anything. <laughs> it just, I'd start and then it would be, like, <laughs> half done for forever. <laughs> I'm like, good enough. <laughs> That'll happen. That can happen. <laughs> so what's one of your projects that you're working on right now? So kind of in the same foundational thought, I would, I'm going to talk first about the new fencing we started putting in because like I was kind of marveling at the fact that it took us this long to do it. However, like when we started with goats, we only had two. So the smaller fence that we created at the time was like more than enough. Um, Now we are up near 14 i'm gonna try to sell two of the boys that were born around christmas um so we're still gonna have a lot of goats so last weekend we put in 53 t posts and uh 10 wood posts and we have like four more wood posts to go um and we're gonna stretch 555 feet plus of fence this weekend my brother and sister-in-law are gonna come down and help us I think um so that'll be fun but I feel like the stretching fence part won't be as bad as the t-post but I've also never stretched fence like this before like the rolls we got are 330 feet and they're like 300 pounds so yeah (laughs) it's gonna be interesting like they're fairly easy to like kick you know, to unroll. So I'm not like too worried about it, but, and we have the come along, we have the special (laughs) clippers for the high tensile fence. We have everything we need that, you know, all the articles and YouTube videos told me we would need. So I feel like we're set up to do well, but this is like the biggest investment we've put into the farm to date. It was very expensive, even though we did it as cheaply as possible. So it's kind of feeling like I'm like one of those next milestones where you feel like a real farmer. You know, like when I had baby goats for the first time that I felt like I was leveling up. Now I feel like we're leveling up even more. (laughs) That's a lot of fence to stretch in Mm -hmm. one setting. I couldn't tell you how many feet we've stretched at a time, but it has not been that many. I don't think. Maybe our very first time might have come close to that, but I don't think so. I'll have to ask Jared what it was. But it's a lot of work to set all those T-posts. And then the wooden posts are the hardest part. Do you, what kind of post hole digger do you guys have? Do you guys have one of those like ones where you like have to like push it down the ground and then pinch and pull up? <laughs> yes. And oh, my God. I helped a little bit with that. Matt did most of it. He did like oh. 10 of them by himself. And then we did the T-posts. But the T-posts we did in like an hour and a half between the two of us. And, like, I was super impressed with myself that I could, like, like, pick up this 30-pound T-post digger or driver and, like, actually help and do it. Um, So that made it move a lot faster. But my weak ass could not help that much with the wood posts. 
So he was stuck yeah. doing a lot of that. And I moved, like, our pool that was still, like, in the middle. Like, I started, like, cleaning that stuff up and helped in that way. <laughs> That's usually the kind of stuff that I end up doing, too. We ended up getting, like, a – we it, we got it from Jared's dad. It's, like, an old one. It's not anything new. It's a post hole auger instead of a digger. So it has an auger, like, a thing on the end of it. Yeah, I've seen that, those. like – uh, yeah, it's so handy. It makes uh, drilling holes for posts like so much faster. It's not even funny because when we saw our garden fence, I used one of those pinch up and pull ones. Mm-hmm. It took me four hours to set oh, all yeah. four like corner posts and I was exhausted afterwards. And I was like, I'm so glad that I don't normally have to set these. Usually Jared does it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we thought about renting something. Um Oh, yeah, you can get, like, one of those driving machines. Yeah, Yeah. but full disclosure, guys, we already spent, like, $1,000 on the fence, and, like, it took me a a long time to save that up because I wanted to do it right and have the kind of fencing that, you know, is supposed to be for sheeps and goats, and I could have probably done, like, a solution that would have been cheaper. It just maybe wouldn't have lasted as long. Um, But it took us a long time to save that money and make sure we were set in other areas to kind of put this in motion so it was like actually super depressing to like hit the payment button on the tsc pickup order for that (laughs) (laughs) but it was also like oh my gosh we're real we're doing real farm shit over here and not just playing house anymore (laughs) well it sounds like you made kind of a mindset shift too because like actually like planning that big of a project out and saving for it and mm-hmm. then like you know making sure that you got the right materials and stuff like that's a big step like yeah. you know especially cuz like you know you got you and I both have like made some pretty like janky <laughs> concessions <laughs> to make things work yes. and that'll still happen a lot Absolutely. like when emergencies come up or when like we quickly have to like pivot somehow because something just didn't work the way we thought it was going to but like that's huge that's really cool <laughs> yeah and i just honestly like felt really empowered being able to actually help with this project and that Matt was very good about me saying my turn or let me try, even though he knew I probably couldn't get very far. (laughs) Sorry. Willow, the producer, supervised and had to chime in there. Um, I mean, that's all right. It's a farm podcast. We are going to have animals in them. (laughs) Yes. But he, I think it was a good lesson in how we can better work together, too. He is not great at telling me what he wants me to do. So I either have to walk away and do something else until he decides to verbalize or just become a mind reader. So just kind of learning like his work style and my work style and how to frame things or ask questions or say things in a way that he's going to understand and vice versa. I think this is a very good kind of like building Ikea furniture together kind of activity yeah you know I don't know if you've ever Mm -hmm. done that before we did that early on our relationship but it's kind of like that where it really tests the relationship (laughs) so it's been good for us to be able to work together like that we have a tool chest dedicated to Ikea furniture building because over the years we have figured (laughs) out exactly what we need to make that shit work (laughs) yes (laughs) So what other projects have you been working on? 
Well, we're getting ready uh, to finish up on the greenhouse. Uh, the only thing that's left is we need to install our rain barrel. Uh, I picked up, we picked up the rain barrel. Uh, that was what we did on oh, our anniversary nice. a few weeks back. Um, and we got the rock ordered for the finishing rock because, like, it's got. It's got the like ground 411 pounded into it right now, but we're going to put like a, I think Jared keeps calling it a 57 wash. It's like pebbles, but they're like polished a little bit to like make it look nice. And we're going to like pack Mm. that all around the greenhouse and all over the floor of the greenhouse, Uh, just like give it a more finished look and also build up around the foundation of the greenhouse. Because like right now you've got a step over and we both keep tripping on it. (laughs) (laughs) So if we build up the floor on the inside and the ground on the outside, we'll stop tripping. And Jared put some pavers like as the entrance to the greenhouse. So that'll look really nice. Um, Yeah. And I'm. So I'm really excited about that because like that will all get finished and then I'll get it all organized and it'll be ready for like really getting geared up in the fall. And um, something else we did recently, I didn't put it on the list, but I'll talk about it really briefly. We uh, finished our or we we finished one of them. We've got two more to do, but we redid the grape trellises uh for our, our vineyard oh, yeah. that's been over there because you know i've planted uh, grapes there like a ton and they just keep dying and we figured out we think it's because they're getting choked out by the grass or you know like having to compete oh. with the nutrients yeah so that project was actually really cool i might record one of them if i can it takes like at least half a day to do just one of the trellises but we like use the sawzaw and like saw out the sod in the area and then dig oh, it wow. totally and completely out and then we put new soil down in there we put weed cloth down and then we use the post hole digger to like auger into where the grape is the grapevine is going to get planted like fertilize everything and then we put down um their just like landscape ties i guess they're wooden um so they look kind of like railroad ties, but they're not quite as big as railroad ties. And they get pounded into the ground with like rebar and it helps create a barrier so that the grass like can't just like start creeping in on it again. So that's what keeps happening to us is we'll like make this really nice area and start planting things. And the grass just like comes back with a vengeance and just takes over. And then we're doing all this crazy work trying to keep it like weed and grass free, which is super frustrating because like all I want to do is plant things and eat it. And I can't because the grass keeps killing it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's like one of the foundational things that we've been doing is like we've been going around and like redoing like the trees that we planted. We like Mm -hmm. redid the cages and like ripped out all the grass and like found the right tools to like get the sod all around it like out. And like we're finally I feel like we're learning how to do things right (laughs) <laughs> yeah you weren't born knowing those things go figure <laughs> no exactly and sometimes like it all just depends on the land that you're working with too <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah that's true so like i guess my grass issues could be really regional yeah because you probably don't have those problems in like phoenix but you've got other problems yeah. gardening in phoenix <laughs> exactly yeah the like kind of problems, problems that everywhere. make you move to ohio <laughs> there's seriously not much that is better than kicking back with an adult beverage at the end of the day and surveying the beauty of our farms especially when our farms both have an adorable cutest coop as part of the landscape 
Cutest Coops come in a variety of price points, sizes, and designs so you can easily select which one suits your homestead, no matter how big or small. We both have the Charming Coop, which has the 4x4 footprint and is easy to assemble with the help of a friend. And did you know that all of their chicken coops can easily be modified to accommodate ducks and geese at no additional cost? Just select Intended for Ducks and Geese when making your coop design selections to let their team know. Check them out at cutestcoops.com and use code COOPANDFARM to get $100 off your coop. (laughs) Okay, so what else have you been working on over there? So... Unfortunately, I've had some misfortune with my seedlings. Oh. Yeah, so a couple of things happened. One, that was more inconvenient than anything else. It's not a huge deal. Just disappointing was I started sunflower seeds indoors and they were doing freaking awesome. Like they're kicking some ass. So I put them outside to harden off. And the chickens found them and, like, ripped everything up. But I could, like, salvage them. So I just put it up, like, on the railing of the porch to let them continue to harden off. And then the chickens got up there and, like, knocked them down. And they plunged, like, ten feet to their death. And then they scratched them up. So... That happened, and then the other thing I'm noticing about myself is, one, I suck at up-potting and killed a lot of things, and two, I forget that these plants are in my basement and don't water them enough, and they would get moldy if I did water them a little too much. So I'm thinking next year I need to figure out a solution where I can keep them upstairs somewhere. Not in my office, but somewhere that is, like, up away from the dogs and that I could deter the cat from without doing the greenhouse investment yet. Because I don't think I've convinced myself that I'm ready for that quite yet. Um, (laughs) But it's almost like an out of sight, out of mind problem for me, I think. And I sometimes get impatient and do things really quickly. Um, so I think that's where my up-potting issues may have been. Not everything that I up-potted died. It's just that it was my first time and I maybe made some mistakes along the way. Or maybe, like, tried to up-pot a little too early. Well, all of the things that you're saying are all, like, normal growing pains for a new gardener, I think. That was a pretty good yeah. that was a pretty good joke right there. Yeah, uh, I see what you did there. those are all things that like have happened to me and so like yeah I made that realization because Jared still keeps trying to get me to like put in a hydroponic garden in the basement because we've got this giant basement that we're never going to get to finish and it's like an excellent place to like put in grow lights and all that stuff and it's all concrete so it's like fine and I'm like we never go down there and like I don't know just because there's a garden down there I don't think we're going to go down there (laughs) You'd have to force yourself into the habit. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it could eventually get put into like a regular routine, but you 
I feel like in order to make that happen, like you have to go through that season where you didn't water everything and it died, like so that it like kind of solidifies, you know, like yeah. in your head why you have to do those things. But even my plants in my office, I struggled to keep hydrated properly. I killed trays of seedlings by not watering them. Mm. So, and they were like <laughs> right in front of my face. So, <laughs> you either have like out of sight, out of mind, or like they're just so near you all the time that it blends in with your surroundings and you just forget they're there. <laughs> Exactly. There's like no happy medium. Like you almost have to like you're almost best off trying to figure out how to make things as automatic as possible. So like there's Mm -hmm. like self-watering type of containers and things like that. And maybe that's something I'll look into eventually. But I don't know. Like it's hard because like I don't need irrigation here because we get rain so often that like I'll probably have to water this garden twice this summer, maybe three Mm -hmm. times. Like, just to keep things from all dying off. But otherwise, for the most part, like, I'll get rain once a week and that'll be fine and I won't have to take care of it. So, like, thinking about putting in, like, watering systems and stuff just, like, kind of sounds like it'd just be for, the, like, the seedling setup and then that'd be it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, like, some of those setups, too, can be kind of pricey. So it just really depends on how committed you want to be. <laughs> Yeah. You know, although speaking of uh, like hydroponics and watering systems, I did get myself two new pots over the weekend from this company called Coco and Seed. And she has like these really neat uh, like hydroponics pots that she's designed. And I got one for basil and one for Thai chili peppers um, because I was like, this is an interesting, this sounds like an interesting setup and I really love tight chili peppers and basil. So it was like, I'll grow these on my kitchen table and like see how it works. So I'm always trying to figure out like how to have plants inside and plants that mm-hmm. I can eat inside are even better. So I'll keep you posted on whether or not these work, but I don't really know a whole lot about hydroponics. So I'll be interested to like get them and unpackage them and like see how they really work. You know, because pictures online looked really yeah. cool. So <laughs> yeah. We just got to put it into practice. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I like this kind of setup, maybe this is, you know, like what I'll do instead of trying to, you know, grow tons and tons of seedlings. Although now I have my greenhouse. So this probably isn't really a problem for me so much anymore because that's where most of my seedling, that's where all of my seedling setup is going to go. Who am I kidding? I'm not going to do that to my office again this year. It was such a mess. <laughs> my my office still has dirt <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but if this system like works, it can be how I kind of like keep a few like fresh things on hand, you know, year yeah. round if I can figure out how to make sure that I can like actually take care of it and I can get enough light. <laughs> yes light is important all right so what else has been on your plate the past couple of weeks so i think i told you last week that i sort of regretted getting so many ducks (laughs) as soon as you came home with that many i was like oh shit like literally oh shit (laughs) (laughs) i Thought that they were going to be just kind of like wet chickens. I don't know. No. No. It's next level. It really is. And I think that's why there are so many ducks that 
like get released into the wild because people just they you can't anticipate it you don't know until you're like in the middle of it like how poopy they actually can be yeah and it's like it's gotten next level ridiculous over here like i I have i have set up because they still don't have feathers so they can't sleep outside in the chicken tractor um because i did finally set up i pulled the chicken tractor back out that i use for the um, meat chickens and i was like i'm just gonna rotate the ducks around the yard and just keep refilling their water bowl you know like every day so they have a place to swim and all of that well i got them a pool today Mm -hmm. so they have a pool with brick I stairs. I saw that. <laughs> it's so cute. I have, I have to move all of that stuff every time I move the tractor. So, like, I probably just added, like, 10 minutes to my morning and evening now. <laughs> right. But that's all right. They're 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 going to love it. Um, but since they don't have feathers yet, I can't leave them out in that setup and just keep moving them. So I walk them inside the barn, and I put their brooder on top of a tarp. So that I can just clean the tarp off. But it requires cleaning like at least every other day. Like I probably should clean it every day. But every other day it gets so poopy in there. And so I figured out too that like just dragging out and spraying off the tarp and getting that all clean. That was too much work. So now I'm rotating a giant tarp around so that I can (laughs) only have to do it like every four days. But it's like it's turned into this whole thing where I'm like, I have no idea what to do with these creatures. So I have got to get them something built. But now that I'm like looking at like what it really takes to take care of them, like, Whatever I build them kind of has to be movable because they're just going to turn whatever I build them into a mud pit if it's not. Right. <laughs> or they have to go live with your goats like in that well, and area. Jared and I did talk about that because like I could just put the kiddie pool out there because it's a really tiny yeah. kiddie pool because there's only six ducks. So even six full size ducks can get full use out of that kiddie pool. Um, mm. But it's not so big that goat kids drown in it. Because, like, that's the other thing that you have to worry about. Because goat kids aren't the best on their feet. So. Right. You could always stretch more fence later, too. Mm. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> something else I've thought about doing is, like, dragging the donkeys, um, the donkey's shelter out of that little pasture. And then I have a second oh. one. Because, like, they could totally live oh. in the big one full time. They don't have to go into that small one. So. Just got to hook it up to the utility vehicle and drag it. It's really tall, though. We built it on skids. Uh, mm. so that we could drag it but we have not tried to move it yet i'm a little nervous yeah. about moving it but it, you know it, it should be fine <laughs> yeah no ducks are ducks are tough um but i'm sure i know you guys will come up with a solution to make it work and i think if they can be in a bigger area it's gonna just make your life so much easier and honestly like we have for our ducks, we have the duck house, and then they have, like, a run that has, like, pebbles in it. Like, just, like, medium-sized stones. And we are able to, like, spray that off. Um, they poop more there than they do in their house. So maybe you'll see that once they have more area to roam around in, like, the poop is just a lot easier to control. And as long as you build something that's easy to clean out, it won't be that bad at all. It's just when they're young. 
<laughs> yeah, they do seem to just be like a lot of work right now. Because mm-hmm. I, I would like to free range them like I do the chickens because they'll be really helpful, like in the orchard and the garden and yes. stuff because they do a great job like eating bugs and whatnot. So it's possible that I just, you know, like build them something small over near the cutest coop. And then that way they're in the orchard area already where I kind of want them to take care of the bug problem. Mm. And they'll free range. And then yeah. we'll see how that goes. Because something else we've talked about too is um, we're talking about digging a pond in that area Ooh, in our pasture yeah. where we've got the springs. We haven't gotten a quote on that yet though. I'm really hopeful we can do it. But you know how that goes. Like you think it's just going to be something and then like it comes back at $50,000. You're like, just kidding. And you're like, no thanks. <laughs> Maybe once, you know, we're millionaires because of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but I do love the ducks. Like, they're super cute. I love duck eggs. I'm going to get to, like, do all sorts of cool baking with them. So they're going to be worth the effort. But they had a way bigger learning curve than I was expecting, even though I knew about all the poop. And I had heard about all of the water issues. But until I saw it, I just didn't get it. (laughs) Yeah. And you just saw all those ducklings at the feed store and you were like, I must take them all. I love them all. And now there's some regrets. But when they're like full blown ducks, they're still going to poop a lot. But like you said, they're going to give you eggs. They'll be able to figure out the free range thing. And I think you'll find them more enjoyable, especially if they end up having like sweet personalities like, my pecans are nicer than most of my other ducks, so really you picked a good breed to start out with for personality, in my opinion. Oh, good. There might be people that they disagree are pretty with sweet. me. <laughs> but it is really cute to watch you, like, herd them in the morning on your Instagram, because that's, that's what we do with our ducks. And, like, the ones that we trained young to do that, all we have to do is call their names or tell them bedtime, and they start heading in that direction. The ones we didn't start oh, that good. early with... They are assholes, and we have to chase them a little bit more. But sometimes they cooperate. It just depends on how long they got to be outside that day. (laughs) Yeah. And, well, this morning was really funny. Um, I've been having to – I have to use a broom to get them to come out of their their brooder because they were, like, terrified of running out the door at first. But I just, like, very gently, like, put the broom behind them and just kind of like, come on, ducks. Let's go, ducks. It's pool time, ducks. That's what I use. I'm like, pool time for the morning because I don't put a pool inside their brooder anymore. I figure they can survive the night without a pool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then, but today they saw the broom and I didn't even have to, like, get it behind them. As soon as I started to, like, put it back there, they all, like, piled out of the door. And then they went right out the barn door. And then they like walked right up to the tractor. But they then when I because I have to pick them up to put them in the tractor, they don't like that part. So they like all freak out and like run circles around the tractor. But then once I get them all in, they're always super happy to be in there. And last night when I put them in, they went straight for their brooder in the barn. Like, I mean, I had to walk behind them and like keep them moving, but they they didn't like try to veer off or anything. So they're they're getting it it down. They're figuring it out. So as long as I can figure out how to start handling the wet poop a little better, I think uh, I think it'll get easier. Big learning curve there. Yeah, (laughs) it's a good PSA to anybody thinking about getting ducks that hasn't yet. Mm Hmm. It's hard to describe, like just the overwhelmedness, but also like it's also the middle of summer. So like you know, I'm doing all this like self-reflection stuff and the mm-hmm. you know like how am I setting my foundation thing and planting all the tomatoes and yeah so it's just kind of 
I think maybe I'm just a little like mentally taxed to be yeah. with too. So that, that could sense. be part of it. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I I find depending on the day it really drives how much patience I have for certain things. Like having three dogs in the house right now. Some days it's fine. Other days I am like yelling at the top of my lungs. <laughs> so mm-hmm. My husband is like scared of me because of it. I'm not yelling at him. <laughs> I never would yell at him like that unless he did something like really unforgivable. But now he knows like what I'm capable of. And I think it scares him. <laughs> That's funny. Because <laughs> they say like you have to match the dog's energy. So if they're being total jackasses, like I got to get loud to get their attention. Yeah. So sometimes it sounds really scary (laughs) (laughs) usually it's fine though so yeah i get i get the mental taxing part with everything else going on in the world and then having a ton of projects at home sometimes it can seem like your priorities are are odd or it's just too much in like we've talked about before like there's consistency in the farm life, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. Like, no matter how you're feeling, you still got to go out and let those little duckies out in the morning. So mm-hmm. that can be a good thing and a, and a not so good thing, depending on where you're at that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you have a ducky, too, don't you? I have, Do you have a ducky. A ducky. A a ducky. ducky. Oh, no. And I named It's so funny because we did a hatch of call ducks, like two years ago and we only had one hatch and I named her solo and the rest of them had like star Wars names, but I named her solo cause she was the only one. Um, and now we have Uno because (laughs) he or she is the only one and it looks just like solo did when she was younger. So I'm wondering if they're going to look the same. Um, but yeah, he's in my bathroom. He does not have friends. I'm struggling between trying to find more call ducks or maybe once he's a little bigger, go get a regular, like two regular ducklings, um, from TSC or something, um, or order from my pet chicken. I'm still kind of deciding, but yeah, he's very cute. Um, when I go into the bathroom, I say, hi, Uno, and he tweets back at me. Um, so it's kind of cute. Uh, he hides under the sweeter heater most of the time, but Kitten, my smaller black cat, is obsessed with him. So when she's allowed in the bathroom, she stands on the board and or sits on the board that the sweeter heater is attached to and just stares. Oh. And she sat on the incubator all the time, so I think she thinks she's responsible for that. <laughs> But I don't leave them unsupervised. <laughs> Smart. Smart. <laughs> oh. But yeah, so, you know, we put 10 eggs in the incubator. This was more of my husband's project. We didn't put all 10 eggs in at the same time. There were, like, additional eggs put in days later, but we did not mark which days. So we had a lot of uh, quitters um, that just stopped developing. We had some that needed assistance with hatching, but it was almost a little too early for them. They weren't fully developed. Like I was trying to help hatch and notice that they still had some yolk to absorb and they just didn't make it. So I actually had a lot of guilt with this round of hatching because I felt like I just didn't responsibly do it. Um, and because of that death happened that may have been avoidable so that really sucked um and bev knows that i didn't really want to talk about it right away 
Yeah. Um, because it's just it's just not fun. Um, and it's hard to admit that you failed at something and any idea that you could have potentially made something suffer, even just for like a minute, just really sucks in my point in in my mind. So that was disappointing, but at least we got the one little duck out of there. He's doing great by himself. Um, one little call duck, very little poop to manage. <laughs> so highly recommend yeah. call ducks. <laughs> <laughs> in small volumes like their poop is not nearly as bad but yeah so i'm still trying to figure out what i'm gonna do there um it might be fun to order from my pet chicken though and get some bigger ducks that i just don't have yet i'll just have, have to some see pretty cool brains yeah I'll, I'll just have and they and you can get your ducks sexed too because yeah too many males yeah. so if i can get some more females that'd be awesome um, so I might have to do that and see what's available and just invite more poultry on my farm and hope my husband doesn't divorce me. <laughs> <laughs> he started it with this one, though. So there's that. I mean, you could be like, meth or ducks. Take your pick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> meth is not good on the teeth either. So, And he's a smile person, so he would probably say ducks. Yeah, makes sense. So I think our last little projects are probably kind of similar. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you, we both have moved our My Pet Chicken Flocks out to our cutest coops, which is super exciting. Yay. Yay. It's like they're big kids now, but not really. They are. <laughs> <laughs> I just removed my sweeter heater today, so they're totally big kids. <laughs> I just did that a couple of days, too, because it was like so freaking hot and like i would leave the windows in the cutest coop open so they had some ventilation in there and could cool down um but yeah i realized that they were old enough and they have they all have their feathers now i was like well you guys should be good to go and if you're a little cold you better cuddle um so yeah i just removed ours too um so what did you end up doing for your run so right now, the other half of the brooder I'm using for the ducks is what I have attached to it for the run. It's like that mm-hmm. rabbit brooder thing. It was the very first thing that I bought uh-huh. when I got chicks, like, you know, three or four years ago or whatever it was, three years ago. Um, the only thing is, is like, it doesn't have a back panel. So like for the ducks, it's pushed up against an MDF board for its backer. And on the, for the chicks, it's pushed up against the cutest scoop for the backside and it's been working really perfectly uh but we're actually gonna build them a run and in fact jared did like all the measurements for it today i don't know if we're gonna start that this weekend i kind of hope so um because they're getting bigger obviously so like Mm -hmm. it's already a small coop and it only has a tiny run uh right now so like i think they need more space so we're gonna we're gonna build them a run like a real run Nice. That is really exciting. Do you know what kind of materials you're going to make for the run and like how tall you're going to go with it? So I think it's only going to be about like four-ish feet tall. Okay. And we're going to pitch the roof uh, the opposite direction that the cutest coops roof is pitched. So it'll look kind of like a house. Um, because I wanted them to have, I want them to have a covered run outside, Mm -hmm. uh, so that it can kind of like extend the living space a bit. 
Uh, so it, like yeah. during the winter, I'll probably wrap that part in plastic, you know, to like keep it a little insulated from the weather. So they always have like shelter from the rain. Um, and we're also going to put their food and water out in that area instead of having it in oh. the coop. Because uh, I put their water in the coop for a little while hanging. Well, they just like you must have used it as like a tether ball thing because it was like <laughs> super wet in there the other day. And it was like, that's it. The water moves to the run. You guys are grounded. <laughs> you guys are rude. Ugh. Yeah, I don't have a hanging one in mine right now, but I did have to like set it on something to elevate it a little bit because they just kept kicking shavings in it. So, yep, exactly. Yeah, which is a pain to deal with too. Just a different way mm-hmm. than the pain you were feeling. So I'm hoping <laughs> that they'll just keep behaving with what we have set up until we can figure something out too. Well, Jared's got this really cool idea for the run. He wants to, so that like immediate area that has the the roof, uh, that's just the first part of the run. Then he wants to build like two runs that come off of that, that go in like opposite directions. Oh. So we can like rotationally graze them, sort of. Oh, so that's a good like idea. they'll only have access to one side at a time, and maybe they'll always have green grass because, like, oh. obviously they've killed all the grass yes. where that little brooder is already. Like it just it doesn't take them long. <laughs> yeah, we we originally had the goslings in our cutest coop. And thank God the cutest coop is so easy to clean. Like, spray out, easy to clean. Like, it's so mm-hmm. nice. Um, because, I just did that. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, because those goslings are so messy. They're just like the ducks. It's just like so much poop. Um, like, poop up the walls, which I don't understand. It's because it's like rocketing <laughs> out of them. But it's just like, oh. So painting the inside of my coop white was not a brilliant idea. But at least, like, it washed off pretty easily. So. Good. That was good. <laughs> but... The goslings completely destroyed, like, all the grass in that area, so they just get a lot of grublies happy hour out there. I'll, like, sprinkle grublies in their run area. But we have a temporary run situation right now um, going on. And, like, my original plan was just to let them free range in the big pasture area, but I realize now that the holes are four by four um in our fencing so it'll take a minute before they can't get out of there um yeah so i might have to expand the temporary run and try to goat proof it a little bit but now i'm thinking that i might just want to put something more permanent in there too with like a roof like you were talking about for that extra living space because if there's like snow right up to their run door they're not gonna be about that life (laughs) in the winter so it might i'm feeling a little more empowered now that we got like a bigger fence project happening that we can like figure something out for them that would would be not very costly but still nice to look at um and we'll know how to properly stretch fence this time so that's always good too (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. I think we're going to end up using the four by two. Um, all of our fence here is four by two welded wire. Um, so like I just bought another roll of it because I use it for everything. That's uh-huh. what I use to make the compost bin. That's what I use to fence around the blueberries and fence around the trees and all of that stuff. So I think we're just going to stretch that around yeah. it. Um, knock on wood, we haven't had any predators that like go through that, uh, depending yeah. on where you live. That won't be the case. Like some people have like snake problems. Snakes yeah. can just like totally go through four by two welded wire. Um, but we don't have that problem here. So I think that's what we're going to use as our fencing. And maybe I'll put like a layer of hardwire cloth like on like the lower half of it if I need to. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'm going to need to because they're all big enough that they don't fit through four by two right now. Even little carrots. Well, I don't know. Carrots might be able to fit through four by two, but <laughs> you might really She's have like the to smallest try chicken ever. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm, little carrots, mm. like a pocket chicken. Yeah. So yeah, that's our. That's mostly what we've got going on. It's so much. I like. I brought my to do list in here just in case I was gonna read it. I'm not going to though. It's kind of depressing. It's so big. <laughs> I think I saw like a glimpse of your to-do list in like one of your pictures or something you posted on our group and I'm like reading it and I'm like, her to-do lists are like next level. Like you, (laughs) you are a fan of crossing things off, I think, which I too am a fan of that. So I get it. Yes. Makes me feel accomplished. Yes. I do that for work a lot. I hope you guys are feeling a little more in, maybe inspired or motivated or maybe encouraged after listening to some of our successes and failures there. <laughs> because, and we hope you guys don't get like really bored by these conversations because I enjoy these episodes where we're able to catch up because I know I stalk Bev on Instagram, obviously, but it's a different thing to have a conversation with you about you know, what you're actually doing in your thought process behind it. Yeah. Like there's only so much you can fit into a caption and yeah. like into an Instagram story. I think that's partially why I've been doing a few more videos lately. Cause like sometimes I'm just like, I don't know how to type this. I'm just going to record it and talk about it. <laughs> and they can listen if they want to. If they don't, they just skip ahead. Exactly. Just give they people the option. They lose out on it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we'll update everybody on what we end up doing with our cutest scoops. I'm really looking forward to getting runs on those, though. They'll, yeah. they'll look really nice with some runs. They're just, mm-hmm. they're so adorable. So, they are the cutest. Ha ha. Ha See what I did there? <laughs> All right. So, now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. So, Bev, what can't you even about this week? So I don't know if anybody saw it, but our friend Lipstick and Chickens was on the dodo. So she's basically famous now. Is, basically know, famous. What I'm thinking. Yes. <sighs> so for those of you that don't know, uh, she's Lipstick and Chickens on the Instagram, but she has Barth, which is just like the cutest rooster on the planet, but he lost his feet uh, due to frostbite. And if I'm not, I don't think I'm mistaken in this. I think Barth was her first chicken. Uh, and he's actually like a house chicken mm-hmm. for her. Or maybe he might just be her first house chicken. That might be I, what it is. I'm not really sure. I followed her, I think, since I really started being a crazy chicken person on Instagram. I think this is one of the first few house chickens. 
I think there was like okay. one before, maybe, maybe two. But yeah, she doesn't have like a whole flock of house chickens. She just has, I think it just might be Barth now. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, she also has a rooster. I can't remember what his name is. He's white. He's adorable. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, another rooster, because Barth is yes. a rooster also. But anyways, Barth lost his feet to uh, to frostbite, and so uh, he makes a really great model for, like, all of these really cool, like, creative things that she does. Because, <laughs> yes, you know, does. he doesn't, like, run very far. <laughs> yeah, right. And <laughs> she's given him just, like, a wonderful life. He sleeps in pillows and in her bed with her, and he just seems to be, like the sweetest rooster ever yes um and so there will be a link in the show notes to the dodo so you can hear more about barth's story but i was just like when i was flipping through the dodo seeing you know what was new and i was like i know her i know him i know barth like i have to tell people about this (laughs) it's a good one yeah it is it's really sweet and he has a great quality of life even without feet but he's she also uses him as like a great warning for like you know why you need to make sure that your chicken's feet don't get frostbite in mm-hmm. the winter time and stuff mm-hmm. like that so yeah she does a lot of advocacy for roosters and stuff too which is also really important so what's your can't even this week so mine um was an article shared by the new new mexico milkmaid from sciencemag.org with the title, This Cow's Antibodies Could Be the Newest Weapon Against COVID-19. Oh. Yes. So we've talked about how ivermectin might be used to battle COVID-19, how um, llamas or, I think it was llamas, um, not alpacas, could be used to battle COVID-19 as well. Now it's cows. Interesting. Yes. And on Dairy Month, no less. I know. It's just too good to be true. Cows are heroes. (laughs) So the latest recruits in the fight against COVID-19 are munching hay in a South Dakota barn. A biotech company has coaxed genetically modified cows to pump out human antibodies that subdue SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19, the pathogen causing the deadly disease, and it plans to start clinical trials of them this summer. So I won't read the whole article, but essentially what's happening here is the company genetically alters dairy cows so that certain immune cells carry the DNA that allows people to make antibodies. That upgrade enables the cows to manufacture large quantities of human antibodies against a pathogen protein injected into them, such as the spike surface protein of the new coronavirus. And essentially the cows are used as giant bioreactors. Hmm. cows make good antibody factories and not just because they have more blood than smaller animals engineered to synthesize human versions of the proteins their blood can contain twice as many antibodies per millimeter per milliliter as human blood the animal may provide another advantage as well Uh, Most companies trying to produce antibodies to promote or combat COVID-19, not promote, good Lord, um, have pinned their (laughs) hope on mass producing identical copies of a single version, which are called monoclonal antibody that homes in on and attaches tightly to a particular section of a virus. Um, Instead of making just one antibody variety, the cows fashion polyclonal antibodies, a range of molecules that recognize several parts of the virus. 
Um, so instead of just one option, you have multiple options to kick this thing's ass. So if you want to read more about this, um, we'll put the link in the show notes, obviously. Um, there are some researchers that are like, yeah, this is the logical next step. And other ones that are like, boo, this is a terrible idea. So we'll see what happens with this. But I just thought it was interesting that cows are brought into the mix now. Like, who knew? So many options. (laughs) So many angles to just obliterate (laughs) COVID-19. Yeah. I mean, farm animals have, like, an interesting history, like, within our healthcare uses, I guess, for lack of a better word to say it, like chickens are really involved in uh, in vaccinations because they use eggs to like incubate the live viruses for like, you know, virus vaccinations and stuff. So that's pretty cool that cows are in the mix also. So, yeah. yeah. So if you have any can't evens, you can send those to us in our Facebook group or on Messenger on Instagram or Facebook, or you can email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. Um, Be sure and leave us a review because every week we read a review from Apple Podcasts on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) and we draw one of the reviews that we read out of a hat every month and that person wins an exclusive coffee mug, which is super cool. And we don't have a review to read this week. So right now, uh, the pool for June is pretty small. Yeah. So if you haven't left a review yet, go ahead and leave it because you might be the winner. Yes. And just a few housekeeping and things and announcements. We are still planning to attend Coop Coop Camp 2020, which is located just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana, August 7th through 9th. So if you're interested in going, um, you can check out their website and use code DRINKANDFARM, which is the ampersand, not the word and, um, and get, what was it, $25 off? the ticket yes something along those lines yeah you're gonna get a discount and who doesn't like a good discount so if you're interested in checking that out go do that and don't forget that we have a phone number you can call 401-426-3276 which is 401-426-FARM uh tell us your farm story give us a can't even ask us a question uh do a whole intro to our podcast <laughs> by yourself. <laughs> yeah, we that was quite entertaining. <laughs> we'll play them on our minisodes. They're super fun, guys. And we love getting to hear your guys' voice because, like, you guys all know what we sound like, obviously. But yeah. we don't know what a lot of you guys sound like. So, yeah, we appreciate it. We got a new one today, and I was so excited that I immediately texted Bev. I was like, we have a question in our voicemail. So it True. like really brightens our day when you guys do that. It does. <laughs> and make sure if you're listening to us, you hit that subscribe button and download the episode because this helps more people like you find us. And share the Instagram post for this episode. It'll be on our Instagram feed at Drink and Farm. And tag us. Share it in your stories. Tag us. And we'll send you a discount code that's good for our merch shop. And make sure you take a look at the show notes to find links to everything we discussed today. A survey where you can anonymously tell us how we're doing. All of our social media goodness and our merch. So that's it, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we'll be coming at you again next week. So until next time, drink, farm, 
and give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and